it takes time and energy to meet your person. And it's a numbers game. It truly, you're going to meet a lot of wonderful, kind, interesting people that just don't have aligned values with you. You're going to meet a lot of people that aren't kind or aren't interesting or aren't nice that you'll just set very quick boundaries with. When it comes to that fear and anxiety that comes up, my recommendation would be love on it, like be with yourself, use it as a form of self-development and personal development to see, oh, what is exactly the fear I have? Is it a fear of rejection? Is it a fear of finding love? Is it a fear of showing people the side of me that I haven't fully accepted yet? And then whatever those fears are, learn about them, dive into them, explore them, and truly learn how to unconditionally love them. A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. Today we have my friend Nora DeKaiser. She is back for another episode. If you guys have not listened to her first episode we did last season on how to have a happy and healthy relationship, along with so many other gems, go back and listen to that episode. I'll link it in the description here. With Valentine's Day coming up, um, when this releases, it'll be two days after Valentine's Day. But when I was thinking about Valentine's Day, I was like, I feel like I should have Nora on and we should talk about relationships and dating. And so I'm very happy that you're on Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. Anyway, this is going to be a super candid episode. We both did put a QA and a on our Instagrams today asking our followers if they have any questions on relationships and dating. So we're going to kind of go back and forth. Nora's going to like answer her questions and I'm going to answer mine and then we're going to kind of just feed off each other. But I kind of want to talk about Valentine's Day. What are your thoughts about Valentine's Day, Nora? Uh, my initial thoughts on Valentine's Day is that Valentine's Day is similar to people's birthdays, where people really do a check-in, right? When you turn 30, 31, 32, any age, every age around our birthday, we kind of come up with these thoughts of, wait, what am I doing with my life? And where am I going? And do I like where I'm at right now? It's a check-in, a natural check-in. And I think Valentine's Day does the same thing for people, for better or for worse. They really check in with their love life and their relationship life. And a lot of people who are single think that anyone who's in a relationship is just going to have like an amazing Valentine's Day because they have a partner. But it's actually not true at all. Oftentimes, um, Valentine's Day can bring up a lot of fear and anxiety within relationships because it's a check-in there too of like, is this going well? And is this what I want? And do we have the type of love um, that we were really looking for? Because in any relationship, if it's, if it's not growing, it's dying. And I think one of the most fearful and painful places to be is in a relationship that isn't growing in the way you want it to grow. So that's my thoughts on Valentine's Day is it brings up 
lots of emotions just like birthdays do. And yeah, we get to talk about all those emotions on this podcast and hopefully be able to support people with the excitement of Valentine's Day, but also potentially some of the fear or anxiousness or Mm -hmm. um, kind of harder emotions when it comes to Valentine's Day. That's so good. And it's so funny because when I think of Valentine's Day, like I forget it's also a reminder because I'm in, you know, I'm married. So for me, it's like, I think of when I was single, it was such a reminder of like what I don't have or like, oh, I'm still single or, oh, my relationships never work out. Oh, am I ever going to get to celebrate a Valentine's Day? And so it can also be like, like you said, it's an emotional day for people. And it has this like, oh, it's a happy romantic holiday, but like it really isn't all of that. And so I'm so excited to answer these questions. And I didn't give a proper introduction because she was already on the podcast, but Nora (laughs) is a relationship and life coach. Uh, She is so wise. And yeah, you just need to go back and listen to that other episode with her. She gives a full breakdown of who she is um, and it's definitely worth listening to. But I'm so pumped to dive into these questions. We're going to get real, real, uh, real, real here. (laughs) Real, real, real quick. Let's go. Yes. And for people listening, keep DMing Nicole and I questions. We love Mm -hmm. connecting with you guys and learning from you guys, because I think one really healing experience when it comes to life and connecting with people that you might be listening to on podcasts or listening to on YouTube videos or Instagram is realizing we are just like everyone else and Mm -hmm. we struggle with the same fears, thoughts, desires. Um, And so I love getting DMs and being able to connect with people and seeing their real questions because it helps me create content for you, helps me create training videos in my group coaching membership. Like it's just exciting to connect. So keep sending us DMs. I love that. And Nora and I were, were actually just saying that, you know, when you guys DM us stuff like stories and advice, and I was telling Nora, that's the reason, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to be able to have a space and a platform where I get so many similar relationship questions where I can just be like, hey, this episode with this amazing guest, we talked all about this topic and really a place to give people with these questions information that I can't really just text out in in one DM. Okay, let's dive in. All right, cool. So first question, gaslighting. How do you learn to trust yourself again after leaving this type of relationship? Such a good question. So the first thing I want to bring up about gaslighting or emotional manipulation in general is that it's kind of like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And unfortunately, that's also mm. <laughs> one of those quotes that I think it's from a Nicholas Sparks movie book. Sounds like um, it. <laughs> yeah, when she's like talking about love, right? And I love is kind of like the wind you can't, re- and she's also talking about God in that quote. It's like the wind, you can't see it, but you can feel it. That's beautiful. And that's also emotional manipulation. So it's kind of two sides of the same coin. You can feel it because you feel crazy. You feel confused. You feel scared. You feel like, what's wrong with me? Um, You feel anxious. You're searching for answers everywhere and anywhere. So you can feel it, but you can't see it um, until you know exactly what manipulation is and what gaslighting is. The moment that you know what those things are, you can see it. And that's when you can actually speak up in every situation that you feel like you're being manipulated or gaslighted and just lovingly say, hey, actually that um, sentence is manipulative and I, I'm not going to take that on and I'm going to move forward with these these boundaries. So 
how do you learn to trust yourself? You learn what gaslighting is and you learn what emotional manipulation is. Um, so I guess I'll just share it right now what it is. Uh, gaslighting and emotional ma- manipulation is when someone is saying that something that happened is your fault, even though it's actually the other, other person's fault. I'll give you guys a personal example of my own dating experience. Um, and the first time I was gaslighted. I had been dating a guy for a couple of years. He was my high school sweetheart and he was very emotionally unhealthy, but I had no idea because I was so young and I could feel it, but I couldn't see it because um, I wasn't knowledgeable about this type of information. And I found out he cheated on me. And the next day I called him. I was like, Hey, like so-and-so told me you hooked up with so-and-so. And he immediately just started yelling at me and saying, this is why our relationship doesn't work because you don't trust me. This is all your fault. You're crazy. I like, that's not true at all. I dare you to call this other girl, call her, see if, if I hooked up with her. And I was like, I literally was like, wait, what? Like, I was so confused. I felt crazy. Right. I felt like maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm ruining this relationship. And then I ended up calling the girl. She was like, yep, for sure. We, (laughs) we hooked up. And I was like, okay, so now what does this mean? And all it means is that he felt insecure and projected his pain onto me and blamed me and told me it was my fault. Um, the truth is it wasn't my fault. He simply cheated on me and I didn't know what gaslighting was or emotional manipulation. And so I fell into that pattern. So to answer your question, when it comes to learning how to trust yourself, learn what these terms are. Become an expert on these terms. Google them. Watch YouTube videos on them. Just learn about gaslighting, emotional manipulation until you're so clear on it that when it when it happens, you you not only feel it, but you see it and you say, no, thank you. I'm not interested in someone that's going to be doing that to me or acting that way to me. That is so good. And I wish like, I, I feel like today's day and age with like TikTok and reels and Instagram, like when I was in emotionally manipulative and emotionally abusive relationships, I feel like I didn't have all the access that there is now to like really learn these terms, especially when I was 16 years old and like an emotionally abusive relationship. It's like, I don't know what emotional manipulation is or gaslighting. Um, but it's so, it's so easy to educate ourselves on these topics and to kind of, you know, avoid getting into situations that are setting us up for heartbreak, essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a similar story. I dated this guy. It must've been 20 is before I moved to LA. So I was 25, 26, maybe so emotionally, verbally abusive. And I was just so used to that behavior that I just thought it was normal. And He lived in California. I lived in Michigan at the time. And I was flying back and forth, staying at his place. And he would always have this girl over. And every time I was like, I just, and apparently we were in his eyes, we were never actually dating, but it was a six month ongoing thing for me where I was flying out, visiting him, staying with him for weeks at a time. But that's a story for another day. This girl that was always over every every single day, he would just blow up at me like, she's my friend, you're insane, blah, 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 blah. And so then again, like you, like I felt crazy. Recently, as in like months ago, found out they have a baby together now. Wow. So like <laughs> I was never actually crazy, but when someone emotionally manipulates you and gaslights you, it makes you feel crazy. So then you start, you end up just believing them. 
Mm-hmm. And then totally. you move on and then they get their way. And it's so scary how bad it can get. Oh, and it's it can happen to anyone. That's that's another experience when people are in relationship dynamics that are unhealthy. Oftentimes they'll keep it a secret because they feel shame that they're in that type of dynamic. And I just want anyone listening to this to know this can truly happen to anyone. Those type of tactics, like I said, you can feel them, but they're really hard to see if you're not knowledgeable about them. Um, I, I was a professional matchmaker for five years in New York City and LA, and I worked with a lot of very successful, well-known public figures, CEOs, big-time doctors, lots of people like that. And so many of my clients had been in emotionally manipulative or abusive relationships. So I'm sharing that. So, you know, one of them was like a very successful doctor. You'd think that that person would have known, right? But if you don't do the knowledge and really understand this deeply, it can happen to anyone and you end up in a relationship that you feel like you can't get out of. Um, Because there's also love there, right? Which is really confusing. Mm -hmm. How can you love someone who's also hurting you? But that's totally possible. And the way you can get out is to say, wait, I love myself more because my mental health, my safety, my freedom in this very short amount of life, I want to live it. I want to live it to the fullest and I don't deserve to be spoken to like this, treated like this. And now I know what these words are. And because I have the knowledge, I can get out of this dynamic. And I think it's easier to see it happening when it's happening to someone else. Because like you said, once emotions are involved, you're so blind Mm -hmm. and you have that thought of, well, this person loves me. This is just a bad day, maybe. Or I'll forgive this person, give grace and move on. When it's a repeated behavior, I think there is a time where if your friends are seeing it, then that's like a red flag. That's a sign that that maybe you should start looking into what am I being manipulated? Am I being gaslighted? Um, and like you said, it can happen to anyone and it does happen often. Like mm-hmm. even if we, I feel like I've even done it unintentionally in my marriage in an argument, nothing like so dramatic and huge, but Nico will be like, are you gaslighting me? I'm like, Am I? <laughs> and then I kind of have to laugh. But I'm like, I don't mean to like, I yeah. feel like it's just, uh, it's, it's common and, and there's, you know, there's smaller forms of it. And then there's like more yeah. super toxic and abusive forms of it. Yeah. Well, when it comes to manipulation, gaslighting, any of these habits and tactics that we have in relationships, all we're doing when we do them is trying to keep ourselves safe. There's a scared little girl or little boy in there that learned that behavior um, because gaslighting and emotional manipulation and manipulation in general is learned behavior. And usually when people are using that behavior, it's unconscious. They do not know they're doing it. And so if you have been in a relationship with someone who has been a little bit abusive in some capacity, you le- you also learned that behavior and it might mm-hmm. come out on accident, like you just said. And that's so badass that you just shared that because it just shows how <laughs> open and honest and vulnerable you are. It, it, it will come out and then you can call yourself out and take personal ownership for like, oh, dang, you know what? Shoot, I did not mean to do that. I love you. Mm-hmm. L- let me take personal ownership and, and change the way I just spoke to you. Um, yeah. And it's an my, opportunity to grow and learn. 100%. And it's, I've had my therapist, like I'll share certain stories and relational dynamics with her and she'll be like, okay, right there. That was a little bit manipulative. I'm like, okay, cool. Sweet. Thanks. That's helpful to now learn so that I don't continue doing that pattern. Even my ex who hurt me and, 
you know, I was, I was very naive to the whole situation. He was, it's, he, that was learned behavior. And I don't want to be around him or spend time with him or be in a relationship with him. I have strong boundaries with that. But I also just see, man, he was someone who was hurting and going through something hard and didn't know what to do. And I completely forgive him for that. And I think when you can get to that level of setting those boundaries of being away from people that who, who have maybe manipulated you or hurt, hurt you, but then going even further to saying, but I also see the hurt part of him as well. And I can give him love from afar and let that go. Um, that's how you can let go of the whole situation. So you don't keep attracting and repeating those relationship dynamics over and over again. Yeah. And I think the difference uh, where it crosses the line of toxic and unhealthy is like you said, like in my situation, he'll call me out. And then I have now the opportunity to grow from that and not do it again, because my intent was never to be malicious or manipulative. Like you said, it was just a learned pattern that in the heat of the moment came out. And I, I, I have been in, or I was in therapy for that. And so the, where it becomes toxic, I think, is when someone's repeatedly doing that behavior, is not self-aware of it, and refuses to even the thought of being aware of it. So if you're totally. calling them out on it and they're just rejecting it, rejecting it, that's when it's like, okay, this person doesn't see it, which means it's not your place to fix them or stay with them in this unhealthy relationship if they don't even see what's going on. Totally. The key ingredient that's where you to make can love any, from afar. <laughs> yes. The key yeah, that's exactly where you love from afar. The key ingredient yeah. <laughs> in any healthy conscious relationship is both partners taking personal ownership for their own stuff that they bring to the relationship and both partners wanting to grow individually and together to make the relationship work, which is which is which creates I mean, it's not necessarily like roses and daisies 24/7, but it creates this container of safety for both people to grow. And relationships aren't supposed to be perfect. They never no. can be or will be perfect. Because mm-hmm. life isn't. <laughs> exactly. We're, <laughs> we're all human here. Um, exactly. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer one question. Someone asked, best piece of relationship advice that prepared you for marriage? So I looked at this two ways. So best piece of relationship advice that prepared you for marriage. I would say... I'm thinking relationship advice, like I'm going out to date that prepared me for marriage, which would be don't date someone for their potential, but who they show you they are today. I think that's so powerful because I think a lot of times we stay in relationships or we stay dating someone where we're not 100% happy or we don't like this about them or this bothers us or they have this pattern, but they have such great potential if they just stay in therapy, if they keep working on it, if they do this, it's going to get better. Well, potential is, is exactly that. It's just potential. They may never reach that potential. And so you may just be stuck in this cycle of waiting for them to change for the rest of your life. And so when it comes to dating, you're not married yet. You have the opportunity to choose. You get to choose. Am I going to stay in this pattern or am I going to move on? And if this person comes back for me, then it was maybe God's will for my life. And if they don't, then it wasn't meant to be. Um, But I think if you're in a situation where, you know, I would just say my best piece of advice, if you are in a dating season, is do not date someone for their potential. I think that's such good advice. I think the psychology behind why people date for potential, in my opinion, is twofold. One is... If you're dating someone that isn't quite what you're looking for, you don't have to be fully seen. 
So you can feel a little bit safer, right? By the kind of blaming or focusing on their problems or what they're not doing um, versus someone is your dream guy, everything you've ever wanted. That is so vulnerable. That is so mm-hmm. scary to open your heart to someone that is everything you've ever looked for. And it's, you guys have the deepest love and you look in each other's eyes and just like, just feel so deeply connected. Um, it's easier to hide when you can kind of focus on someone else and like fixing someone else or changing someone else or blaming someone else. So for anyone who has had a pattern of dating for potential, just know the way to overcome that pattern is to fully see yourself and spend time with yourself and be with yourself and learn about who you are and explore your spirituality or your faith or your passions or your hobbies and be so embodied in who you are that when people see you, it's not a You know, when some people get like a compliment, like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. And people are like, oh, no, no, this hair. Oh my gosh, no, blah, blah. And they like can't receive. They can't receive that love. They can't receive Mm -hmm. that compliment. That is why people often date for potential because Mm. um, then they don't have to receive. Then they're just like focused on giving and changing and fixing. But when someone really is exactly what they're looking for and they look at you and they're like, Nicole, I'm in love with you. And you're able to receive that and say, wow, thank you. I'm in love with you too. That is much more vulnerable, but that is also where you'll get the deepest form of love. It's crazy because if God, everyone's always like, oh, well, when am I going to meet my my husband? When am I going to run into him? If God told you when, where, and how you were going to meet your dream guy, you would hide out. You, It would be so scary. If I knew the moment I ran into Nico that I was going to be meeting my husband, I would have been so freaked out. Even though I was ready for a relationship, just the thought of that, oh my gosh, have I done it all? It's like the same thing kind of I'm going through now with maybe trying to get pregnant soon. Like, wait, do I have I done it all? Mm-hmm. Am I really ready for a baby? It's like all those thoughts come up because it's like you said, like when that potential of the perfect dream guy or girl is in front of you that's where the real like vulnerability you have to be real like that's where that part of you comes in and so I was just think it's so funny when I think about that like if I knew the day I was going to bump into Nico that I was going to be meeting my future husband I would have been so panicked (laughs) yeah right exactly and that's why it feels safer and easier to date people that aren't quite Mm -hmm. what you're looking for um and, and it's, hard to, it's hard to get out of that cycle because you're like, I don't know, I just, I'll fix him, I'll change him. But in reality, it's, it's, it's you that you're really craving to quote unquote fix or change by you accepting yourself fully. Because when you accept yourself fully, anyone who gives you a compliment or gives you love or sees you, you're like, yeah, thanks, <laughs> right? Because you give yourself those compliments and that love and that, that presence. The other thing that I think in terms of psychology of why people are attracted to people for their potential is, especially women, is, um, have you ever seen that movie? It's like, I think it's, he's just not that into you. Yes. Where they talk about like the exception. They're like, you're the exception. Yeah, I think the dynamic is like, the, the guy doesn't like most girls, but she's the exception and he really falls for her. I think that's also why people are attracted to people that they're trying to change or fix. They almost are trying to be the quote unquote exception, like the girl that changes Mm. the guy or the guy that changes the girl. And the psychology behind that is just a little bit of a sense of control. 
right? So like if I'm the, if he changes for me, then I'll always have, I'll always be the girl that changed him, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll almost have this control in the relationship. Like I was the change agent that changed him. But um, in, in reality, all that's really doing is creating a little bit of codependence of, okay, he needs me. He needs me to be a good man. And um, so, so that makes me feel safer. And in healthy, conscious relationships, the goal is just you're both independent, individual, and interdependent and love each other, but you're not controlling people or changing people because um, that's just setting you up for more problems later down in the relationship. Psychology is so good and so interesting. I'm going to have you recommend some books at the end for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so many. Okay, let's let's have you next uh, answer. Yeah, the next question. Haven't gotten into the online dating game because of fear and anxiety. Help. Such a good question. Yeah. I, so as I shared, I was a professional matchmaker for five years. Uh, so I know a lot about dating and different types of dating, whether you're working with a matchmaker, whether you're using online dating apps, whether you're meeting people in person or dating through your church or through your friend group. Um, the fear and anxiety is going to come up with all of those avenues. A lot of times people project their fear onto Hinge or Bumble or, or, or the online dating app, but it, it has nothing to do with the app. That's just a tool to meet people. You would feel that same fear and anxiety if you were set up through a matchmaker or met someone through your friend group. So my recommendation is is just to know it takes time and energy to meet your person and it's a numbers game. It truly, you're going to meet a lot of wonderful, kind, interesting people that just don't have aligned values with you. You're going to meet a lot of people that aren't kind or aren't interesting or aren't nice that you'll just set very quick boundaries with. But when it comes to that fear and anxiety that comes up, my recommendation would be love on it, like be with yourself, use it as a form of self-development and personal development to see, oh, what is exactly the fear I have. Is it a fear of rejection? Is it a fear of finding love? Is it a fear of showing people the side of me that I haven't fully accepted yet? And then whatever those fears are, learn about them, dive into them, explore them, and truly learn how to unconditionally love them. And that won't happen in a day. It won't happen by reading one book. It will happen through having a conscious, long-term relationship with yourself and your emotions and your fears and all of the different parts of you. But through that journey, you, you not only will find the love of your life, but you'll also find the love that you've been seeking within yourself for so long. Would you say, I'm genuinely curious, would you say that if someone is having a lot of anxiety and fear going into dating in general, but especially like online dating, would you say it is safe to say that they should work on the root of, of that fear and anxiety before date, before getting into dating? Such a good question. Um, my, my answer for that is similar to people who think that they need, need to get in shape before they start working out. Like before, like a lot of people are like, okay, before I get the gym membership, I just want to get in a little bit better shape, which I get, right? They, they, it's vulnerable to join a gym. You want to look good when you're at the gym, but that's the whole purpose of going to the gym is to get in shape, right? So in my opinion, I do not think you need to have fully healed yourself to begin dating. I also think you shouldn't force yourself to date if it truly just feels like such a, uh, such a, 
such a thing that oh, just wait, absolutely makes yeah. you sick, like you can't do it yet. If you if those emotions are coming up, I would definitely recommend exploring those emotions with a therapist or a coach, re- reading books about those specific fears or emotions and just gaining the knowledge in that area. But if it's more so just like, oh, like I just want to be perfect and ready before I date, then definitely start dating because you'll learn about yourself <laughs> through the process. It's so true. I loved dating. I feel like I learned so much about myself what I like, what I don't like. And I feel like I grew. And before I met Nico, I finally feel like God gave me, I did like a six months, no dating. And I feel like when God was like, you're ready. I I went on like, I was probably going on like three dates a week for probably two months, had so much fun. And none of them were it, obviously, but I learned so much. And then I, then I literally met Nico. It was like two months later. It's amazing. Yeah. Dating is super fun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it doesn't, it shouldn't be scary. mm -mm. Yeah. But it, but also for people out there that it is scary, I completely empathize with you and I, I totally understand why it's scary. It's scary to be vulnerable when you're open with someone and share with someone who you are, uh, especially on a date. The next question that always comes up is, am I safe? Right. I just Mm -hmm. shared this thing with you. Am I safe? And um, I think the key to dating, like you just said, in a way that's like fun, is to know where your safety comes from. And for Nicole, I know it comes from God. For me, Mm -hmm. it comes, my safety always comes from God. Um, For others, that safety might come from God or an internal voice inside of their own intuition. It might come from saying a mantra, but really finding, okay, where do I gain my safety from? And how can I make sure to bring that with me on every date, in every conversation, in every interaction I have with someone that I might be romantically interested interested in? If you have that safety, dating can be a lot of fun. (laughs) If you don't, you're going to try to find that safety in a random bumble match or in some other way that isn't going to be as helpful for you. What would, what do you say to the, you know, people say treat dates like you would an interview? Mm. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I get the concept, like you want to be able to get to know who the person is on the other end of the screen or other end of the dinner table. But I also think treat dates like a fun, flirtatious way of connecting with someone because you never know. You know, even if you don't have a connection with that person, they might have a brother, <laughs> they might have a cousin, <laughs> like, or they, you might end up building a business with this person. Like, you never know who you're about to meet. So I think the word interview creates this energy of what can this person give me? Mm, um, it and do they, feels you like know, more pressure too. Yeah, it's so much pressure versus just like, I would treat a date like meeting another human that has a story and has good parts of them and try to get to know those good parts and get curious about who they really are and not don't don't go into the date thinking is this my person because that's also a lot of pressure. I I recommend going in the date with the mentality of do I want to see them again next time, right? But even in in the actual date being present with just who is this person? I'm so excited to just meet a new human being. I'm safe. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm curious. Let's get to know them and have some fun. And then after the date, you can ask yourself, okay, would I want to see them again? So instead of do I want to marry them, 
am I down to see them again? And the person you end up marrying, you're never going to not want to see them, right? So you'll mm-hmm. keep asking that question and you'll just be like, yeah, I want to see them tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And there might be someone that you date for a month and you're like, after a month, you're like, I don't really want to see him again. And that's completely and that's okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, I think that for anyone who, because I, I think it can be discouraging if you go on a date and maybe they don't call you back or you're not interested in calling them back and you don't want to see them again or vice versa. That can be super discouraging, especially if you have that fear of rejection. For me, I would say that first of all, God's timing is the best timing. And every no is an opportunity for you to get closer to finding the one that is the yes. Um, and, and I know that was the case for me when I was dating, I had to like, kind of like pep talk myself, like, that's okay. This one isn't it because now I'm closer to finding the one that is it. And I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. Even if they were great, even if I am a little upset about being rejected, I know that I am now closer to finding the one that is for me. Yeah. That's such good advice. I love that mindset. Then I really had to like say that to myself because it is like, even if you're like, oh, I don't have the fear of rejection. No one likes to feel rejected in the moment, you know? No. Yeah. No one. The reason why is it doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. It was like, what comes up <sighs> so is like, a, yeah, it's just a, a younger version of you that a mom or dad said, you can't do that. And I'm not going to be here. Or, or the mom or dad that didn't show up when you thought they would. Like just those deep rooted experiences that happened when we were, when we were young of rejection or being made fun of or not being loved or not feeling safe. And that's why I think dating is one of the best forms of personal development. Like we go to the gym to work out our physical mm-hmm. body. We, we, we date and fall in love to work out our emotional body and our emotional space because it, it truly is the most intimate and vulnerable thing we could ever do on this earth. And that no matter what will bring up painful past emotions and if we can be the person that says oh I'm still safe I can actually love that little girl that experienced this thing a long time ago and I can stand strong and move forward knowing this is one step closer to the person that will be safe and loving and kind like gosh you'll be unstoppable with that type of mindset Mm -hmm. if you go into dating and relationships with that so good okay someone asked this question I'm curious your answer to it what do you do when everyone around you is dating and you're not? And my question would be, do you, if you want to be dating, I would say, again, I'm, I'm just a firm believer in God's timing. I, I believe that you're in whatever season you're in for a reason. And if everyone around you is dating and you're not, I feel like that would be a, a mindset thing. What would you say? I think that's, it's a tender question because as humans, we all want connection. And it sounds like for the person who asked this question, your connection and your community is starting to feel a little bit different because they are all starting to date or are dating. And you feel like you can't connect with your own community because they're connecting with new people. So I would recommend just looking at that as, as truth and knowing, hey, yeah, this does feel lonely. This is hard. And just accepting that these are some emotions that are a little bit heavy instead of trying to be like, uh, well, let me just think about other things. The more you can accept shadow emotions, darker emotions, heavier emotions, and say, hey, I, it's okay that you're here and I love you and I'm with you and I feel my loneliness and I'm just gonna sit with her for a while, um, that part of you that feels lonely, 
that emotion will pass. You might feel better tomorrow. You'll go on a walk, go to the farmer's market and feel a little better and feel more excited. But people will spend their whole life trying to run away from their emotions when in reality it only takes about two minutes to feel an emotion. And so my recommendation for that would say would be just say it as, as, as it is. You feel a little bit lonely. Other people are dating. You're not quite ready for whatever reason. And just loving yourself through that by saying, it's okay that I'm not ready. And it's okay that I feel a little lonely or a little disconnected from my community. That's okay. And I'm going to sit with myself and journal and just love on that part of myself that feels a little bit down right now. I I also think, too, if your whole community is starting to connect and date, that could be a potential opportunity for them to connect you with someone. Totally. For sure. I remember, (laughs) this was a long time ago, but I had been dating a guy for a few years, and we broke up. And the day we broke up, I came to my apartment with my roommate in New York City, and I was like, yeah, me and -and so-and-so broke up. And she was like, oh. And she sat down, (laughs) and then we talked for a little while, and she goes, by the way, Bobby asked me to be his girlfriend today. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, wow. And I, all of those natural emotions came up of, I, I was projecting my sadness and anger onto her. I was like annoyed that she now had a boyfriend. I was a little bit jealous. Like, and why I say just own those emotions and love on those emotions and see those emotions is because um, a lot of people will will then have a double shame. They'll they'll feel jealous of their friends or angry at their friends for dating other people when they're not in a relationship. And then they'll feel shame about being jealous at their friends mm-hmm. or being angry at their friends. Um, and they'll almost gaslight themselves and say, you shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't be jealous. You shouldn't be angry. You shouldn't be lonely. But in reality, that's gaslighting because you should feel a little bit jealous. You should feel a little bit lonely. You should feel a little bit sad. And those emotions aren't bad. The only way those emotions are ever bad is when you project them onto others. But if you just let them come up and say, okay, this is the reality of what I'm feeling right now, you'll feel the emotion for a few minutes and then it will pass and you'll move forward. But yeah, definitely when your friends start dating other people, like Nicole just said, feel your emotions, let them come up and then be like, hey, does he have any friends? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. he probably does. It's all going back to self. 100%. It's always the key ingredient. Especially in relationships. I think that's why love can feel so addicting and exciting because we think this other person can heal the pain that we have within ourselves. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes they can because relationships are very healing and loving when they're safe. But there's no one that can go to that depth within you to really truly heal yourself besides you. That is the most liberating thing you could ever do when it comes to fear and anxiety or any of these kind of more difficult emotions is to say, wait, I'm the person that can actually support myself with this emotion. I can share it with others, but I'm the one that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. So, you know, let's, let's dive in and see it further. Yeah. They're healing because they're a mirror, but you have Mm -hmm. to be willing to look in the mirror and get help and know that you're in a safe environment to do so. I mean, marriage my gosh is like the world's <laughs> biggest mirror ever yeah <laughs> like i sure. said like you you learn so much like i've learned so much about myself like i started therapy i don't know six months ago maybe for things that came my husband and i have very different conflict styles and 
he's a fabulous, the most, I, I've never known someone who communicates as well as he does. This man has never raised his voice, not even a hair at me in the entire time I've known him. And me, like, I was raised in a house where everyone's screaming at each other 24-7. And so when I raise my voice, which to me isn't yelling because I've experienced a different form of yelling. And so he'll say, I, we don't talk to each other like that. And I'm like, mm. I'm not yelling. And he has to say, well, to me, it feels like yelling. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of like, you know, compromise. And I have to meet him in the middle because to me, I'm not yelling. So it makes me feel like I have to be at this like a way that I'm not familiar with communicating. So then I see the issue. So then I'm seeking therapy. Like, how can I meet my husband's needs, but still feel like I'm letting my emotions out also in a healthy way for me? And so, yeah, I think, like you said, as long as you're in a safe environment, like that would be impossible to do if I was in an environment where he didn't allow me to do so yeah, or he's sure. yelling back at me. No, mm -hmm. he's saying we don't talk to each other like that. And he's not saying you need help. You, he's he's the mirror. He doesn't have mm -hmm. to say anything to me. I'm seeing myself in the mirror. And yeah. I think that's when relationships become so healing and like you said, in a very safe environment to do so. Totally. Because he's a healthy person and you're a healthy person, exactly. which when it comes to gas, gaslighting, like we were just talking about, or emotional manip manipulation, I always use the analogy of, have you ever been to like a state fair and you go to the fun house mirrors? Like the, mm -hmm. it's like a, okay. So, okay. <laughs> They're tragic. So, yeah. Right. They're tragic because they aren't yeah. reality. So you look in a mirror and you're like, wait, I look 450 pounds or wait, I look like I'm 25 feet tall. What is going on? Mm -hmm. it, it's a, just a funhouse mirror. But when you're in a relationship with an unhealthy person that is manipulating you or gaslighting you or using other um, unconscious tactics, it's like looking in a funhouse mirror. It's truly you're like, wait, what did I do that? Am I, am I the bad one? Am I the one making all these mistakes? And you're just confused because you look in the mirror and you don't recognize yourself. Um, versus in healthy, conscious, loving, safe relationships, it's a clear mirror. It's, it's just, oh, okay, thank you for that feedback. Thank you for that mirror. I appreciate it. I love you. I'm going to work on that. That's such a good analogy. Oh, yeah. I'm like mind blown by that. That's yeah. so powerful. And I feel like it's like, I have goosebumps. I feel like that's gonna, that was for someone who's listening. So, so powerful. I agree. Yeah. I was going to say anyone listening to this, who's kind of wondering, like, is this a good relationship? Is this not? Yeah. Think about that. And, and you'll see, you'll also notice all of your relationships are mirrors. So even some friendships are fun house mirrors. So I have some friends who are like, why do you do it that way? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, huh, why do I do it that way? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. She's just projecting her stuff mm. on me. Like, that's mm -hmm. just a funhouse mirror. And then I have other friends who are like, hey, I saw you do this. What do you think about that? That's a healthy mirror. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks for the mirror. I appreciate it. I'm going to look into that now. So good. That could be yeah. a sermon, a funhouse mirror. That's a title I love for it. something. Write a it's book. a chapter. It's we a chapter it. for one of my books. It literally, I've, yes. I've just started writing my book, and I've been like putting the chapters Congrats. out. And one of the chapters is Funhouse Mirror. Thank you. So good. So powerful. Okay, who's Next up for question? a question? Me or you? I think I think it's me. Okay, this is such a good question. How to stop dwelling on someone who doesn't want anything more than a friendship? Ooh, that's so, so good. 
Yeah. My recommendation for this is going to the restaurant that you want to eat the food at. So an example of this is say you go to an an Italian restaurant. It's like clearly Italian. Everyone knows it's Italian. You're excited for Italian food or you're not excited for Italian food. You just go to the Italian restaurant and then you order Mexican and they're like, uh, we don't have Mexican here. And you're like, why don't you have Mexican food here? I really want Mexican food. That's kind of like dating someone um, who's telling you that they serve Italian food and you want Mexican food. So mm. <laughs> the question is, how do you stop dwelling on someone who doesn't want anything more than friendship? Really think about, huh, I'm asking someone for Italian or for Mexican food when he's telling me he's serving Italian food, a.k.a. he's telling you he can only be a friend and you're wanting him to be more and you're like hoping to order food at the wrong restaurant. So my recommendation for how to stop dwelling on that is just stating the reality of I'm looking for Mexican food at an Italian restaurant and actually I want to go look for Mexican food and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people out there that serve amazing Mexican food, (laughs) aka a lot of people out there that would love to be in a relationship with you, that would love to get to know you, that would love to be in a committed, long-term, loving relationship. But if you keep trying to order Mexican food at an Italian restaurant, you're probably going to keep getting not that good of food and keep getting frustrated for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You have these analogies. analogies. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm, I, I feel like me personally, like I learn better with like pictures, like analogies. Yeah. Like it's easier for me to understand um, when it's just put into like simpler terms, like mm-hmm. no one listening to that. There's no way no one's not going to understand that, you know? Yep. And it's so true. And also you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. Like deep down, Mm -hmm. you don't want that. And I think reminding yourself of that, like in kind of going back to everything else, like what part of you makes you want to be with this person that doesn't, that you know, does not want to be with you in that way. Yeah. It's such a powerful question. and, And I also would say if you're trying to move forward from this person, I being friends is going to be really difficult. I've been there where it's like, oh, we can just be friends. I'll get over it. We don't need to be together. But you have those feelings for that person. And so I would say for me personally, like cutting off communication until those feelings are no longer there. Because if you're going to continue to just be friends, you're going to continue to want more. And that's just going to lead to more heartbreak. And it's going to be harder for you to get into a relationship with someone who wants to be with you when you have this friend that you still want to be with deep down. Totally. 100%. I think it is, it is only going to create more pain if you keep ordering Mexican at an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant, which is saying, okay, sure. I'll be your friend. Okay, sure. We can hang out. I think no communication is so helpful for that type of dynamic. And I think it's a little manipulative on the end of the Italian restaurant, if they're going to continue to let you keep ordering Mexican when totally. you want Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Did I use yeah. the analogy right? <laughs> you, you used it exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see what, maybe we'll do two more. Cool. Maybe one more. Um, some of these questions, I feel like Nico and I need to do like a marriage episode on some of these Oh, I think people would love that because people, I think, um, unfortunately, a lot of people have examples of relationships that they don't look up to and then they kind of lose their 
their dream of love because they've just seen love be associated with a lot of pain. And so your relationship with Nico, I think it's so special to be able to share those type of relationships that are kind and loving and safe mirrors mm-hmm. to each other so that um, people can know what they're looking for. It's really hard to try to find something if they've never seen a, a good or healthy example of it. Totally. And to, I mean, obviously like listening to a podcast or reading a book, it's like you're learning about what a healthy relationship looks like. And then you're learning it is actually achievable. Like, especially mine and Nico's stories, like we come from crazy backgrounds of unhealthy relationships and we could have been stuck in that mindset. Like, oh, we're just, this is, we're always going to be in relationships like this. Um, But that wasn't the case for us. And for anyone listening, that's not the case for you just because you've always been in unhealthy relationships or everyone and you've only witnessed unhealthy relationships, that doesn't mean that's your future at all. Like you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to break that generational curse and, and get into a healthy relationship. And what really helped me was reading books on what God says about dating and relationships and, and learning who, who I am and how to love myself. And so I can love someone else properly and surrounding myself with healthy relationships. So I become familiar with what healthy relationships should look like. So when someone mistreats me, in a, on a date or in a dating situation, I can say, I've never seen this couple that I, they would never talk to each other like that. And they have a very healthy relationship. So I think it is totally. really healthy to have yeah. that like example, especially if you grew up in a home of, you know, maybe there's divorce or just a toxic, you know, relationship between the parents. Uh, I grew up in a home where my parents were always fighting and, you know, their marriage is great now, but growing up it was, that was the example that was kind of set which was, I think, why I allowed to be treated the way I was treated for so long. Because to me, it was like, oh, this is normal. This is how relationships are supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to fight. Fighting is normal. It's so good for you. But fighting is not normal in the way that I witnessed it being Mm -hmm. fought. It wasn't a safe place. And so, yeah, yeah, I I think some of these questions might be, Nico's just, he should just be a a co-host on this show at this point. (laughs) I think it's. I think he'd be a great co-host. Yeah, I think it's would. also cool to learn from men and learn the different mm-hmm. kind of the way he feels and the way he learned about relationships. I think it's powerful mm-hmm. to learn from both. One book that I think for anyone listening to this who heard that and is like, okay, I'd love to know the details of what a healthy, normal relationship looks like. A book that lays that out, and this is the best book on this dynamic that I have ever read is called Your Brain on Love by Stan Tatkin. It's an audiobook, so you can listen to it. And I think it's like four and a half hours. Um, but he truly lays out like, what is a normal, healthy relationship? What are the expectations of a normal, healthy relationship? That's the audio version of the book. His actual book is called Wired for Love. Same, same author, Stan Tatkin. It's, both of them are so good. I haven't heard of those, but I'm definitely, for those listening, I'm going to link it in the description of this episode so you can just have a quick quick link right to it. Yes. Um, I'm going to answer these next two questions really quickly because they're just a quick answer. One is, do you believe in therapy? Nora and I both say yes to that, and we actually talked about that a lot in our last episode. We believe in therapy. I'm pretty sure you've gathered that from this episode so far, <laughs> if you're listening. Do you believe in premarital counseling? 100%. Nico and I did, I think, 12 weeks maybe of premarital counseling before the wedding, and it, it changed our relationship for the better. Like, that's where we learned expectations going into marriage. Like, to this day, we still talk about it. Like, we'll have our premarital counselors had us write down expectations of each other. Once we get married, if anything from, I expect 
you to take the trash out. I expect you to do the cleaning. I expect, and it was a very like a fun conversation. And sometimes, you know, in that I said, I expect myself to cook because I love to cook and he doesn't cook. So that was an expectation of me. And so when I'm having like a really frustrating day, I'm like, why? I just like wish he can cook sometimes. But then I'm like, wait, no, that was, we talked about that, you know, and it really took, it takes you back to the conversation. Um, Premarital counseling is so healthy, so great, a great way to learn each other's conflict styles and tons of things. So yes, and Nico and I actually, and I'll link this episode in here too, we talk a lot about that in um, our last episode together. Okay, Nora, I'm going to ask you this question because I'm so curious your answer to it. Is it okay to not be with someone because you aren't physically attracted to them? I think that's totally okay. Yeah, I'm, you want to be, you can have it all. So many people tell themselves stories of, well, maybe this is as good as it gets. You can have everything you want in a relationship if you believe you can have everything you want in a relationship. And that can be physical attraction, spiritual attraction, emotional attraction and connection, shared values, fun, play, sexiness. Mm-hmm. You can have everything you want in your intimate relationship. Does that mean it's perfect all the time? No. Um, and again, the most important in- ingredient is both individuals willing to do their own internal growth and be 100% honest with each other and grow together in the relationship. But to quickly answer the question, no, you do not um, have to feel bad if you are not attracted to someone. There will be someone that you will be attracted to and that has all of the other characteristics that you're looking for. I'm so aligned with that. I think that God cares so much about us being attracted to our future spouse Like God's just not going to give us our quote unquote dream person and we're not attracted to them. Like that doesn't make them my dream person, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, God knows the desires of our hearts and we all desire to be attracted to our spouse. I think that if you have a pattern of rejecting every amazing person that you go on a date with because they're not six foot five and every little detail of physical that you desire, then I think that that maybe take it down a little bit, but I do think you, yes, you want to be attracted to the person that you're with. Totally. And attraction can come, you know, chemistry is different than attraction. Mm -hmm. I have had chemistry with people that I'm like, whoa, what, what was that? That was amazing. And are they quintessentially everything I've been thought I was attracted to? No, but the chemistry was way better than what I thought I was attracted to. So also get to know, like Nicole just said, If you're finding yourself not attracted to anyone and no chemistry with anyone, I would say that's probably a sign that your heart isn't open um, or ready and your heart still feels like it can't, um, it's not fully safe. And so if that's coming up for you, I'd recommend looking at that and getting to know where those blocks are. But if you just, if you met someone and you're like, he's everything, I'm just not attracted to to him, then he's just not your guy and there will be someone that will, that will be everything for you. So good. I wish like we were close friends when I was single. <laughs> oh my gosh, same. I feel like we you're so really wise. helped each other. Yes, and I feel like everyone needs a friend like you in their pocket. You know, oh my gosh. like someone who is just so wise and just like truthful, but also like so gentle and like tender and like just you're so your word you speak so I I can't even put a word to it. I just love listening to you talk. And you're so educated and so wise. And I, yeah, you're just amazing. 
That just made my night. I am fully receiving that. Thank you. That means right. that truly means so much to me. Well, we're going to send the listeners away with maybe maybe advice for those who are listening and just feeling really lonely after Valentine's Day that they just have another year by themselves. What would you what advice would you give to that person? I know we kind of talked about it, but just maybe something small and quick, something you would tell yeah. them just to encourage them in this season. For sure. First thing I would say, don't go on social media, like for the next week, like just, just delete your apps for the next week. Um, if you're in that headspace, because seeing those type of posts will just continue the headspace and make you feel worse. So first thing, just, just like anything that is unhealthy or not helping you, cut it out, take it out of your life. Like if you're allergic to apples, like you stop eating apples. And so if social media right now is a little bit triggering for you, just don't go on social media. With that time that you would spend on social media, fill your cup up with the stuff that you love. And if you're not sure what you love, explore, like literally Google, like what are things that a 30 year old girl might love. It sounds silly, but you'll, you'll see examples, pray about it, ask God or whoever you want to pray to or believe in. What do I love and what would fill me up and what am I passionate about and what am I curious about? And, um, during this week and especially on Valentine's day, fill your day up with those things, whether it's a long walk on the beach or journaling or a massage or spending time with your girlfriends, but really putting that focus on you internally rather than um, putting the focus externally on something you feel like you might be lacking. And then the last thing is being single is, oh my gosh, it's the time that you get to create yourself. When you are married, and especially when you have kids, you're creating your kids. You're, you're, you have so much mm -hmm. other things you have to focus on. When you are single, the only thing you really have to focus on is yourself and, and what a gift to be able to say, who do I want to create myself to be? How do I want to paint my canvas? Like what about me is holding me back in life and how can I learn how to overcome that and accomplish my biggest dreams and desires and passions? Like, oh my gosh, with all that free time that you have as a single person, fill it up. And when you do that, you'll fall in love with someone very, very naturally. Um, something that just came to my heart that I wanted to ask your advice on as well for maybe someone listening that this Valentine's Day was like, like you said, a check in to their relationship and maybe they're feeling like their current relationship isn't the one, but now they don't know what to do. Like maybe yeah. they're, do they just stick it out? Do they break up? They're just ch checked in and it just wasn't a good check in. Yeah, for sure. That's such an important question to ask because if you are in that space, it can feel the most lonely because you mm -hmm. don't want to tell your friends. You don't want to tell your family. You don't want to tell your partner, and but you feel it and, and you don't know what to do with these feelings. So if you do feel that way, first know that's not the end all be all. That's just a thought. That's just an emotion and you can explore it. Um, so it, if you do feel these feelings, it's not like you have to ask for a divorce or have a breakup the next day. This is just a feeling to explore. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast um, believe in God and um, are Christian specifically. And I know for me on my journey to my faith, I had a lot of questions that were scary questions to ask about God. I felt a lot of shame to ask questions that were doubting God. 
And my pastors and teachers all told me, hey, these type of questions God wants you to ask because it helps you have a stronger relationship with Him. And I think that's the exact same dynamic in intimate relationships and marriage and partnership. You are supposed to ask those questions. If you avoid those questions of, is this right? Is this working? Am I happy? Mm -hmm. Do I have doubts? You'll become more disconnected from your partner. But if you say, wow, okay, I have this very uncomfortable question, this very uncomfortable thought, and you seek support around those thoughts, I would recommend therapy or coaching for those thoughts um, and actually get to the bottom of them. That will help you have an even closer relationship with your partner and with yourself. Okay, I want you to share because if I was single... And in in that season of my life, and I knew that you had a a coaching program or Mm -hmm. some sort of form of help, I I would be on it so fast, like so fast. So share with the listeners what you shared with me before about your, uh, your, it's a coaching mentorship, right? So yeah, I am launching a new coaching program called Found Love. Um, I have a group coaching community. It's an online membership called Be Found. And that's all about finding yourself and loving yourself and becoming your most authentic self. And I love it. It's amazing. Join that if anyone's interested. It's ongoing. But I really wanted to create something more niche for people who are single or in its complicated relationships. Relationships that they're like, okay, this isn't quite working. And and teach them about really important psychology behind what makes a relationship what makes a relationship work and what brings up those triggers and those fears and tools around how to heal those personal internal triggers and fears. So attachment theory, um, shadow work, just being able to communicate without projecting onto your partner. And then of course, if you are single, dating tactics, confidence tactics, self-love tactics that can make the whole dating journey and relationship journey fun, like you were talking about, instead of scary and triggering and awful. So uh, that's launching actually next week. So if you have any questions about that, anyone listening, so just next DM week, me. as in the week of, because this episode will go yeah. out. Week of Valentine's so the Day. So the week of this episode. Okay. Yep. Well, for for consultation calls, that's next week. So the course okay. doesn't launch next week, but I'll offer free consultation calls so you can meet me and talk to me and ask me any questions and see what the program's all about. Um, the program will fill up pretty quickly, but I'll do multiple cohorts of it. So even if you just follow me and aren't interested right now, I'll open it up again in a few weeks because it's an eight-week course, so it will be ongoing. So amazing. I, for those listening that are interested, I'm going to link all of her stuff if you want to join the Be Found, the ongoing community, and then also um, the Found, found, found what love. is it? Found, found love. love. Yes, Found Love. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, it's like my bread and butter. It's my favorite thing to talk about. I mean, you're going to crush it. I feel like that is your your wheelhouse. Yeah. I that's feel what like I do it's with all my. Launch. Yeah. That's what I do with all my one on one clients. That's basically everything I do with my one-on-one clients if they come to me for dating or relationship needs I put into this course I'm curious about a book you'd recommend like this like the psychology end of uh of relationships um in terms of what specifically do you think I have so many (laughs) something for people want to learn about manipulation or gaslighting Mm. so they can really educate themselves on on those topics Mm. that oh I 
that specifically, if when we're talking about unhealthy, toxic relationship dynamics, I would recommend Whole Again um, by McKenzie, by Jackson McKenzie. Whole Again okay. by Jackson McKenzie. Literally the entire book is about how to heal yourself and feel whole yourself after being in emotionally abusive or unhealthy, toxic relationship dynamics. Perfect. I feel like it's for like, anyone listening it's, who... Yeah. Like you said, it's important to educate yourself on these things so you can become aware of it when it's happening to you. Yep. Yep. Knowledge is power without, without knowledge. Things can just, yeah. Yeah. Without knowledge, you're looking at funhouse mirrors and you're literally thinking, wow, I'm 25 feet tall. I had no idea with knowledge. You're like, this is a funhouse mirror. This is not reality. And I'm going to now leave this state fair <laughs> and get Mexican food at a Mexican restaurant yes. because I know the knowledge <laughs> of what I'm really looking for. So good. Thank you so much for coming on. So last minute and sporadic and, and on a, on a Friday. Yes. This literally filled me up. So thank you so much. I, I love having you on and uh, I love that. where can they find you? What's your, your IG? My IG is, I was going to say something funny, but I can't think quick enough. Um, <laughs> my, my Instagram is at Nora DeKaiser, N-O-R-A-D-E-K-E-Y-S-E-R. And yeah, seriously, DM me if you have any questions or are thinking about specifically the, the Found Love course, because it will fill up. But I'm like, oh gosh, it's just my favorite thing in the whole world to talk about. So if you feel called, like, please DM me and I can't wait to meet you. I love it. Thanks so much, girl. Thank you. I love you. Love you. (laughs) Bye.